However you judge others is how you'll be judged, so it's best to avoid a grudge. Don't speak every word you desire, because the mouth never tires. Okay, so I am continuing now in Shmir Lashon Shar Hatavuna, and um, continuing now in, uh, in, in um, Perek Gimel. So in the third chapter, the, the Chavetz Chaim says that a person um, can't be, if a person just cannot be silent because speaking is a form of therapy for them, then he should, you know, he's allowed to speak in a, as a form of therapy, but he should really try to avoid speaking directly about other people because it'll be very often that once you start speaking about other people, that will lead to, to Lash and Hora. Um, um, however, you are allowed to, there's one caveat, you are allowed to speak about other people if they, if they're the types of people that are, that laugh at the chachamim, that, viol, that openly violate the Torah, etc., you know, etc., etc., those kinds of people, the, the Chavetz Chaim says, you are allowed to speak negatively about, but generally, um, you're not supposed to speak negatively about people, and, and so even if it's a form of therapy, you have to be careful not to speak negatively about people. Now, speaking about people, um, uh, you know, it's, when you speak about people, even if you speak about them po- positively, very often it will lead to Lush and Hora. So some people have the custom really to try to avoid speaking about people generally. For example, the rabbi of Hamburg told his Shabbos guests not to speak about others while they were in the house. Even if they were speaking about others po- positively, too often it led to Lush and Hora. Now it says, don't speak to one merchant in front of another merchant because when you know, it's very often times that one that the other merchant is competitors with you know they're competitors with each other, and if you speak about one merchant in front of the other, the competitor will inevitably, you know, view that story negatively and will turn the conversation into lush and hora. Even if you start the conversation as in a positive way, but you're speaking in front of his competitor, that competitor will turn the story into speaking lush and hora. In Kovachomer, if you know as a fact that person, that the person you're speaking to does not like the person that you're speaking about, then Kovachomer, certainly you should definitely not speak Lashon Hora. Um, not even to praise or, you know, not, not even if you're speaking in praise, because as I've spoken about in the podcast before, even when you're speaking praise about someone, very oftentimes that praise will ultimately, unfortunately, even lead to Lush and Hora, that the person that you're, that you're speaking to will say, oh, they're not that good, and then, you know, speak Lush and Hora about them. So um, even if you're speaking positively, you have to be careful that that conversation doesn't turn negatively. Uh, and if you realize mid-conversation that all of a sudden this person that you didn't think would turn the conversation in that direction has, in fact, the conversation has turned to Lush and Hora, Really, you should do your best to either change the subject or, or leave the conversation. The the muscle is the the, uh, the the example is that he gives is that a person if he's eating a meal and the person and and it comes out in the middle mid bite that you know what he's eating actually is not kosher it's pork or something then he's gonna that person's gonna spit out the food even in his mouth. He said that should be the reaction we have to lush and hora that. When we're speaking, you know, when a conversation turns lush and hora, we should be so disgusted by it that we have a, a reaction to it, like like you do, like you spit out non-kosher food mid-bite if you realize it's not kosher. So too, you'd spit out your lush and hora. You'd you'd be disgusted by it, even being in the same room as lush and hora if you really were sensitive to it. Now it's better to be a fool your entire life than a rasha for even one moment before Hashem. So even if it's embarrassing to kind of avoid lush and hora, you should still do so. And if you make peace. 
then it's a mitzvah to achieve peace by listening to both sides. So this is kind of an exception to the rule, that generally you don't want to be involved in stories about people, but an exception to the rule is that you are allowed to you know, be involved in stories about others so long as... Um, so long as you're doing it for the purpose of peace, that you're listening to both sides and trying to find a solution between the two. Now, you should be careful when standing among a group of people, because very oftentimes that group of people will turn, you know, will, will begin to speak Lashon Hora. Even if you need something from that group, the Chavetz Chaim says, you should do your best to stay away from them. Um, and he says, even if the group generally you think is a good group of people, but if you know that one is a bad person, then almost inevitably that bad person will eventually turn the conversation to Lashon Hora, and that's something that you shouldn't be associated with. But if every single person you think you can be trusted with not speaking Lashon Hora, then you can be involved in speaking to that group. In Mishle, it says, don't talk into the ear of a fool because he'll despise the wisdom that you're telling him. Um, and, uh, and the, so, so that point is there is that when you speak to a convert, you know, when you speak to a group and, and someone is there that wants to jump on Lashon Hora, he's sort of the fool, then you're going to, you should just avoid speaking to him because he's going to twist the conversation into despising the wisdom that you have to say. In Mishle, it says, Chacham Be'enav Kisil, which means that a, a person that thinks he's wise in his own eyes is really a fool. So a person that, you know, that claims, oh, I'm, a, I'm such a tzaddik, I'm a good person, a person that always makes that claim, maybe you have to doubt how good they actually are and, and whether that person actually may turn it into Lashon Hora. Um, and the Chavetz Chaim also says that unfortunate, there's an unfortunate fact that when you have a group of people and you do speak out, you do say something, very oftentimes you'll be kind of outwitted. Someone will say a, a sharp response back to you and what will happen, you'll be embarrassed and whatever you said, you'll be made fun of. And maybe the person that you spoke about will also be made fun of, even if you speak about them in a positive way. So it's best just to avoid speaking possibly altogether. The Chavetz Chaim says social functions are an absolute breeding ground for Lush and Hora, even if it's a place where it's a mitzvah. You're there for a bar mitzvah, you're there for a bris, something like that. Nonetheless, social, social places are just breeding grounds, and it's probably better to even be silent in those places. Um, the Chavetz Chaim says, to cultivate better speech, more refined speech without Lashon Hora, you should do the opposite of a Baal Lashon Hora, someone that always is looking to speak Lashon Hora. For example, the Chavetz Chaim says, someone that always looks to speak Lashon Hora, they seek out public gatherings, and they seek out what's the hack, what's what can I get involved in? They're always in conversations, hoping to kind of extract out pieces and nuggets of Lush and Hora that they can tell other people. They also are always asking for news about others. They say, gosh, whatever happened to that one guy that lost his job that one time? And they want to figure out, you know, what exactly happened to that person so they can go and, and travel with that news, with that Lush and Hora, to different communities. And the, the Chavetz Chaim says one interesting thing. The mouth never stops moving. Chavetz Chaim says the mouth is one of the interesting parts of the body that it can talk for, you can talk forever almost, and your mouth never really gets tired. Um, so the Chavetz Chaim says you have to be extremely careful in that respect because the mouth never tires and you might come to speak Lashon Hora and not be tired from it. Um, the Chavetz Chaim says, how do you actually implement this process of avoiding Lashon Hora? So he gives kind of three different steps. He says, one, you should avoid these large groups that are inevitably going to lead to Lashon Hora. Two, you should avoid asking for news. You should, you know, like I said, you shouldn't always look to see, well, who's who's saying what? You should try to avoid asking for news. And third, 
eventually you'll have no interest in Lush and Hora. And, and by doing those first two steps, avoiding those big groups and not asking for news about people, eventually you'll lose your interest in Lush and Hora. And eventually then, after, the step after that is once you yourself have no interest in Lush and Hora, then the people you know, that are trying to peddle it also won't have interest. And like I said about the pork example, you eat mid-bite and someone tells you it's pork, you might come and spit it out. So too for Lush and Hora that a person's eating, you know, a person it realizes, oh my goodness, I'm speaking Lush and Hora, I'm around Lush and Hora, that's disgusting, that's like some kind of terrible thing, and you want to do everything you can to avoid avoid it. The Chavetz Chaim says also, once you speak Lush and Hora, once you avoid speaking Lush and Hora, then it'll have the kind of trickle down, a trickle effect of people will no longer come to you with Lush and Hora. So the most difficult part, part the Chavetz Chaim says, is the beginning. The beginning, everybody's still coming to you with Lush and Hora, and you have to learn to not respond to it, to not be interested in it, to avoid it. And But once you avoid it, once you avoid, and once you have a reputation for being someone that avoids Lush and Hora, then that will inevitably lead to a very positive outcome, that uh, you, won't, you won't be so caught up in you know, being involved in, in that way. Um, now, the, the Chavetz Chaim says, uh, move, moves to, moves to Perak Dalit. So the Chavetz Chaim says, talks about Dam L'Chavzchot, means um, judging others favorably. And uh, the, the Chavetz Chaim says that, the, the Gemara says that the reward for judging others favorably, you have a reward in this word, world, but the karen, the principle, the principle reward, reward is in the next world as well. So what is this process? How are you supposed to judge others favorably? So you're supposed to understand all different aspects of a story and try to find either justifications for the person, or if you can't find any justifications, maybe reasons for why they were ignorant, even if you can't find any of that, maybe the story that was told was missing a significant detail that had you known that detail, you would have judged them favorably. Or maybe they didn't add a detail. They're, they added a detail that shouldn't have been added, or they stressed a detail that shouldn't have been stressed, et cetera, et cetera. And you should try to find ways to justify that person. In Shabbos 127b, it says that someone that judge others favorably will himself be judged favorably by God. So it gives a story of this. Um, a person worked for th- in t- three three long years. Uh, the Gemara in Shabbos says a person worked for three years. Finally, at the end of that three-year period, they asked to be paid for their three years. So the employer had said, well, I have no money. I can't pay you. So then he said, fine, you, you can't pay me with money. Well, I'll just take land. And the guy said, sorry, but I, I don't have any land. And he said, fine, I'll take produce. Sorry, I don't have any produce. So, okay, I'll, what about livestock? I'll take livestock. Nope, no livestock. Okay, fine, I'll take furnishings. What about furnishings? No, furnishings don't work either. So he left, okay, nothing. He, he tried all these different ways. He didn't have money, didn't have produce, didn't have livestock, didn't have furnishings, so he left. So finally, the employer got the money. He collected the money, and he drove down to this worker, and he also brought with him three donkeys that were full of food, wine, and other delicacies, and they ate this big meal. And then the employer asked the asked the um asked his employee, how is it possible that you were, you know, that you were willing just to leave after me not, you know, I'm a wealthy man. How, how did you, all these things that you, I, you believe me that I didn't have any of these things? So the, um, so, so the, the, the employee says, well, you said you had no cash, but I assumed that was because there was some kind of business opportunity. And well, you had no livestock, but I assume that was because you must have rented it out to others. And what about no land? Well, you didn't have land because you leased it to someone else. What about fruit? 
Well, you didn't take Miser yet, so you couldn't have given me fruit. What about furnishings? Well, you dedicated that to the to the temple. You made that hectish, so you couldn't have given me any of the furnishings. So I, so the um, the person said back to him, the employer said back to him, you know what, you're right about every single one of those. I actually genuinely did not have access to cash, livestock, land, fruit, furnishings, none of those things. And every single reason that you judge me favorably for was correct. And the person said, because you judge me favorably, God should in turn judge you favorably. And the Chavetz Chaim then says, judging a person, you know, when you judge a person favorably, that almost has the inverse effect of Lashon Hora, that you can fight Lashon Hora. One of the best ways to fight Lashon Hora is by looking for ways to judge others favorably. And the Chavetz Chaim gives a fascinating example. The Chavetz Chaim says when a person dies, a lot of the times they have a tremendous amount of mitzvot. And, um, and, and the Chavetz Chaim says, or the, the Gemara quotes, that a person that has majority mitzvot, they are considered a tzaddik on Rosh Hashanah. And a person with minority of mitzvot is called a rasha. So in Rosh Hashanah, the people that are called a tzaddik, that are mostly mitzvot, are sealed for life. And the rashaim, the, the wicked people, mostly minority mitzvot, are, are sent to Gehenna. Um, and for, you know, for a short amount of time to heal themselves. However, so what happens, how does this actually decide it? So the Chavetz Chaim says, a person that has lots and lots of mitzvot, he says, as many merits, as many mitzvot as sand in a seashore, tons of mitzvot. However, if that person doesn't judge others favorably, then God himself will not judge this person favorably. How? Because they'll look at all these mitzvot, God will look at all these mitzvot and say, well, you know, I'm looking at your mitzvot here and I'm not going to judge you favorably because you didn't judge others favorably. So I see that, you know, all these mitzvot lacked the proper kavana. We're getting rid of those. And all these mitzvot, you didn't really do them with the proper love and happiness that you should have, that you should have, that you should have shown when you did these. And all of these mitzvot, you did them for an ulterior motive, et cetera, et cetera. And at the end of the day, then most of the mitzvot that you thought you had are actually defective because you didn't judge others favorably. So God didn't judge you favorably. However, someone that does judge, judge others favorably, God looks at what you have at all your mitzvot and says, well, you must be uh, a good person and, and will judge you favorably for all those mitzvahs that you have and you'll be considered a tzaddik. Okay, so to recap what I spoke about. So, um, move, can, you know, as I said, continuing on in Shemir Salashim Shar HaTzibuna in uh, Perak Gimel, the Chavetz Chaim says, if a person cannot be silent because speaking is a form of therapy, he, you know, should try to, even if he has to speak, he should try to avoid um, speaking about people because people, speaking about people may lead to Lashon Hora. Um, unless if they're, unless if that person is someone that should be ridiculed because they disgrace the Torah, etc. However, um, you know, if you have to speak about a person even positively, you should try to speak briefly to avoid Lashon Hora. And for example, the rabbi of Hamburg told his guests to avoid speaking about other people, even in a positive way, while at his house, in order so that the conversation didn't turn to Lashon Hora. And it says you shouldn't speak about one merchant in front of another merchant, even positively. Why? Because you can assume that that merchant is a competitor of the other merchant. So even if you speak positively about one merchant, that other merchant that you're speaking to is going to turn the conversation to Lashon Hora about that person. And Kovachomer, the Chavetz Chaim, says if you know as a fact that the person you're speaking to doesn't like the person that you're speaking about, you should certainly avoid Lashon Hora. You should certainly avoid speaking about them, even if it's in praise, because even in praise, that person will come and say, well, you don't, you know, they're not really that good as you claim they are, and really they do all these terrible things and, and speak Lashon Hora about them. Um, if you realize mid-conversation that you're, that, you know, the conversation's turning to, to Lashon Hora, you should really 
try to change the subject or leave the conversation. For example, the example he gives is if a person's eating a meal and all of a sudden in the middle of a meal, he's warned, you know, that bite that you have in your mouth right now is actually pork. That person's going to spit it out. It's not kosher. So too, we should have that sensitivity to lush and horror that we spit out lush and horror. We're disgusted by it in a way. If we realize even mid-conversation that it turns to that. It's better to be a fool all your life than a Russia even for one moment before God. The Chavetz Chaim does say there is one exception to speaking about people. If you're able to make peace between people, it's actually a mitzvah, it's a command to speak to both sides and try to make peace between them. Um, you should be careful not to stand with a group, even if you're, you know, you're not speaking Lani Lashon Hora. Why? Because groups often tend to kind of sway towards Lashon Hora, um, even if you need something from that group. And the Chavetz Chaim says, even if everyone in the group you think is good are good people, except one, one person might turn the conversation to Lashon Hora, then the Chavetz Chaim says, really, you should avoid that group, because it'll probably turn to Lashon Hora. Um, and, but if everyone is good, then you could talk with them. In Mishlei, it says, don't talk into the ear of a fool, because he'll dispose the wisdom that you're telling him. And that means that basically, when you speak to a fool, when you speak to someone, even if you speak positively about someone, when you're speaking to a fool, they'll ultimately turn that into something negative, into some type of Lashon Hora. In Mishlei, it says, Chacham Be'enav Ksil, which means that a person that thinks he's wise in his own eyes is really a fool. So even if you speak to someone who really kind of comes across as very wise, who tries to say that they're very wise, you should maybe doubt just how wise they really are. And he says, when you speak in a group, it's very likely that one other, another person in the group is going to outwit you and come up and kind of attack what you say and maybe even attack who you spoke about. And everyone will be embarrassed and, and lush and horror, you know, will be spoken, unfortunately. So even just speaking in a group has the risk, runs the risk of, you know, what you say will be turned to lush and horror. And the Chavetz Chaim says social functions, even social functions that are for mitzvahs like bat mitzvah or, you know, bar bat mitzvah or, or bris or something, even those could be breeding grounds for Lashon Hora. So it's better to be silent in those situations. The Chavetz Chaim says, how do you cultivate better speech? How do you avoid speaking Lashon Hora? So he says you should do the opposite of what a Baal Lashon Hora does, about what someone that always speaks Lashon Hora does. What are these characteristics? So a person that always speaks Lashon Hora always is looking for, you know, different public gatherings, ways that they can, um, you know, groups are gathering. They're also always involved in conversations that they can hear the hawk. They can hear exactly, they can try to extract all the little pieces and parts of Lush and Hora that they're, they're talking about. And you can also ask for news about people. Um, you know, it's a, uh, someone that speaks like speaking Lush and Hora, they say, gosh, you remember that guy that got fired from his job? What's with him now? Because they're looking for pieces of Lush and Hora. And also, the Chavetz Chaim warns your mouth never gets tired. A mouth is a part of a body, never gets tired. So you can never get tired of speaking endlessly. Now, how do you avoid speaking Lush and Hora? So like I said, there are some kind of some stages to go through. You should first avoid those big groups because those groups will inevitably lead to Lush and Hora. Second, you shouldn't ask for too much news about other people because that news may turn to Lush and Hora as well. And eventually... You really have no lush, no interest in speaking lush and hora, and then once you have no interest in speaking lush and hora, then other people will also not have any interest in speaking lush and hora to you because you're not someone that's going to accept it, um, and you eventually lush and hora should become as repugnant to you as all other averos in the Torah are, um, and once it 
um, you know, the Chavetz Chaim says the beginning of speaking Lashon Hora, the beginning of trying to avoid speaking Lashon Hora is always the hardest. Why? Because people are still coming to you with all their Lashon Hora, and you have to show them, you have to prove to them that you're not interested in what they have to say. However, once you prove, and once it's a proven fact that you're not interested in Lashon Hora, they will stop coming to you. So it kind of shows the incredible power that listeners have. We think as a listener, you're a bystander, you have no power. No, it's not true. A speaker will only come to you if they think that you're going to accept what you have to say. So if you don't accept it, then that speaker will no longer be interested in speaking Lashon Hora to you. Now, moving on to Dalid. So this idea of Dan Lachavskos, judging others favorably. And you have the reward in this world. And in addition, you have the principle, the Karen, in the next world. How to judge others favorably. So you should really try to understand all aspects of a story and try to find justifications or, if not justifications, at least Maybe that person was ignorant in some way and give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe the story was missing significant details or maybe details were added or exaggerated. You should always try to kind of try to find a way of maybe the story wasn't as, you know, simple as it made it sound. On Shabbos 127b, it gives a story, an example of this. So it says a person that judges others favorably will himself be judged favorably. And it gives the story that a person worked for three years and he finally asked his employer to be paid after the three years. But the employer said he had no money. Okay, so he asked for produce, but he had no produce. So he asked for land. He had no land. He asked for livestock. He had no livestock. He asked for furnishings. He had no furnishings. So, okay, the employer got up and left. And finally, the employee, sorry, the employer, the employee got up and left. So the employer finally, once he did have the money, he brought three donkeys of food, wine, delicacies, and of course, the money that he owed, and he brought it to the employee. And he said, how did you judge me favorably? You know, this guy's very wealthy, the employer. How did the employee judge him favorably? So he said, well, when you said I had no, you had no cash, I assume that's because you had this business opportunity. When you said you had no livestock, I assume that's because you were renting it out to others. When you said you had no land, well, I assume that's because you leased it. When he said you had no fruit, I assumed you didn't take miser yet. When he said you had no furnishing, I assume, furnishings, I assume that's because you made it hectic to the temple. So that must have been, you know, that's how I judged you favorably. And he said, since you judged me favorably, then God should also in turn judge you favorably. And the Chavetz Chaim concludes the chapter by saying, when you judge others favorably, it really is the inverse, inverse of Lashon Hora. And the Chavetz Chaim explains that on Rosh Hashanah, that Sadikim are sealed for life and the Rashaim are go to uh, Gehenim. So how does this work? That Sadikim are people that their majority of mitzvot, their majority of things they do are mitzvot, and the Rashaim are people the majority of things they do are are um, are are not sorry the minority basically the minority of things they do are mitzvot. So is is it the majority or the minority? So, however, the Chavetz Chaim says it's not as simple as that because even if a person does a tremendous amount of mitzvot, if they are someone that judges other people not favorably, then God in turn will judge them not favorably. For example, the Chavetz Chaim says a man can have as many merits as sand on a seashore. However, all of those merits can be eliminated one way or another. For example, maybe he didn't have the proper kavana when doing those those mitzvot, or maybe he didn't love, he didn't have the proper love and happiness when doing them, or maybe he didn't did them for ulterior motives. And when you kind of pick apart and judge, you know, very, when you scrutinize it, you know, and you judge unfavorably, then so too God will judge all of our mitzvot unfavorably. However, fortunately, the opposite is also true. When we judge others favorably, God will see all our merits and not care about whether 
other, we didn't have proper kavana, we didn't have proper love, etc., etc., he'll just say, well, these are the merits, and since you judge favorably, then I'll judge you favorably in turn. So to read my poem, however you judge others is how you'll be judged, so it's best to avoid a grudge. Don't speak every word you desire, because the mouth never tires. And with that, this has been um, Shmer Lashan, Shar HaTavuna, Perk Gimel through Dalid, and uh, thank you, and uh, L'chaim L'chaim.